Welcome to another edition of the Super Flight Podcast. The I am you and you are we and we are all together NBA podcast. I don't know what the fuck that means. Whatever, Beatles. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Joe Brelli, coming at you from my studio in Brooklyn, New York. It is Tuesday, January 22nd, and uh, we did this podcast last night with James Herbert. Thanks again, James, for coming on. Uh, it's going to be all about the All-Star picks. We're picking our All-Stars, so doing all the East and all the West, and you're going to love it. Um, anyway, ways to get in touch with the show. You can tweet at me personally, at Joe Borelli. You can tweet at the Superflight Podcast at Superflight Pod. And you can email the show at the Superflight Podcast at gmail.com. Keep the emails coming. I love to interact with you guys and gals and uh, uh, have nice conversations. Sorry if I don't get back to you right away because I'm pretty busy these days. But I do my best to reply on um, via email and via you know Twitter. So, yeah, feel free. My DMs are open, baby. Uh, anything else? What? Um, let's see. You can follow the show at Superflight no no how's it go the superflightpodcast.com you can follow and you can download uh on stitcher and itunes and soundcloud and all that bs by the way if there's not if there's a place that you like to listen to the podcast and you know that it's not downloading please let me know because i will fix this immediately i am trying to get all the things up and running i'm trying to get it everywhere um working on it so getting there and um yeah, that's about it. That's all the uh, that's all the updates. I left the network and I'm on my own and I love it. And uh, yeah, so that's all. Anyway, uh, I don't think I'm going to give you guys a good uh, story tonight because none of my stories make sense anyways. And this podcast goes extra long because it's a lot of conversation. So I'm just going to let you get to it and enjoy. And uh, I'll yeah, after these brief after this brief musical interlude, shit. Let me try that again. After this brief musical interlude. We will be right back. <laughs> it rang. Barely rang. Well, it like half rang. It was like, do, do, do. Yeah, I know. And then I picked it up. You're like quick drama, whatever that is. Quick drama, draw over there. That's what they call me. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if anyone called you quick drama, draw. Well, you just did. That's true. That's fair. But that's me. I'm weird. I do weird things. <laughs> I say weird things. You are the weirdest person. I, that's not true at all. Oh. I don't know. I, I was about to be really happy for a second there. James, what's happening? How are you, my friend? James Herbert, CBS Sports. All right. You're introduced. We're recording. Boom. Go for it. <laughs> uh, I'm good. You, I mean, I was good. Then you put me to this grueling task. <laughs> of selecting all-star teams, which is not fun at all. It really is just, not. Just damaging to my brain. I feel bad for all of these players. I'm snubbing. I feel iffy about my choices. I'm not confident in them at all. I'm just, I'm in a horrible place right now, and it's all your fault. <laughs> I'm glad I could give you a nice Monday. Yeah. Uh, go give me, give me one snub that you feel really bad, bad about first. Uh, Pascal Siakam is one. Yeah, you shouldn't I've, feel that bad. It's Pascal Siakam. He's 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 got. What points. do you mean he's? <laughs> okay, he's only averaging seventeen points and like four assists or something like that. He's, he's... I don't think he's. I don't think he's actually averaging that many points. All but, right. Well, uh, there you go. So he's had. We... Go ahead. He's had an incredible season. He's uh, been the Raptors like. Clearly, he is not like a superstar like Kawhi Leonard. He is not a perennial All Star type like Kyle Lowry. But since 
Lowry and Leonard have been like in and out of the lineup all year. Like Siakam has like been their second best player like most games. He's incredibly important to what they do. He's a front runner for most improved player. He is very good at both ends of the floor. Uh, is having a mind-bogglingly efficient year. Seems to get to the rim whenever he wants, no matter who's guarding him. He had a game winner the other night. Like can guard like every position on the court, and you would. Think like and I thought before I actually sat down to do it. Like I think like if a guy like that was gonna make it, it would be like this year in the East. But I just I I couldn't get him in. Uh, that's just one. I have more. But uh, but yeah, I, I felt bad for him. This is a guy. I mean, I've been like team Pascal for a while. Like I wrote on him last year, and then I wrote again this year uh, because of the breakout. I did, I did another feature on him. So. Uh, yeah, I just think he's a great story, and I kind of thought that he would be on my all-star team, but he's not. Well, here's my thing about Pascal Siakam and not, not feeling so bad for not having him, because I don't have him in either. I actually I thought about it, and I had to snub him as well. The thing is, what is he in his third year? Yeah. And he's shown this amount of improvement in his third year. I think he's going to get there eventually, and you're right. He's a really good player, man. He's been their second-best player on the team the entire season. He's picked up the slack with Kyle Lowry not having a great season and being injured. Uh, I don't feel... Yeah, I mean, it's tough. You'd like to get him in there because he's deserving in ways. But if we're talking about the All-Star game, which we are talking about the All-Star game tonight, it's really just a popularity contest, right? I don't think anybody, any casual fan, really knows who Pascal Siakam is. Um, For basketball nerds and stat heads like you and I... I'm not really a stat head, but I'm a basketball nerd. A little bit. Um, We think he's deserving in ways. Uh... But you know what else? I, I also had to snub Chris Middleton. so Yeah, I snubbed I, him too. Did you? So I feel worse about snubbing Chris Middleton than I do about Pascal Siakam, to be, to be honest with you. But, James, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the East or the West? I mean, we're ba- we're, we basically started on the East anyway, right? <laughs> All right. Yes, fair enough. So do you want to give me your East starters? Because, like... It's it's all right. Let, let's talk a little bit about this. It's a good thing that neither one of us has an opinion that counts, right? Because because I would you don't realize like you don't get to vote for the all NBA teams or anything like that, do you? Uh, I have not yet. If they would like to give me a vote this year, I will gladly take it. No, there you but. go. But if you think this is excruciating, imagine voting for that. Um, so this is just an exercise, and it's it's fun. Like the one thing that I I came out of came away. Uh, with from doing this exercise was that the dearth of talent in the in the uh, Eastern Conference is just it's huge like the West has so many players that if you put them in the East they would be all-stars and half of the guys that are going to be in the all-star game in the East wouldn't be there it's it's incredible how much talent is in the West and I know everybody always talks about like oh the West is so much better than the East blah 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 it, it doesn't really jump out to you until you go down the rosters and like, well, this guy could make it or this guy could. And then you see on paper or you just like look around the league and you're like, who can I put in the All-Star game? The, the West is really, really difficult because there's so many, so many good players. The East is really difficult because you're like scraping for people to put in there. Like, what am I going to do? This is, this is terrible. They would not even sniff the All-Star game in the West. So, all right, fine. Let's start with the East. Do you want to give me your starters? I'm guessing four of our starters are going to be the same. Uh, the the four obvious ones to me are Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Yes. Uh, for my fifth starter, 
I went back and forth a million times and eventually settled on Kemba Walker. Ooh, me too. Who'd you go back and forth between? Uh, I was very close to putting Beal there. Uh, I considered Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. I briefly considered Oladipo. Mm-hmm. I briefly considered Jimmy Butler. Uh, but yeah, I ended up going with Kemba. It's close. I mean, it, part of it is like, I was like looking at his numbers next to Beal's. Like, they're so similar. Um, weirdly, it's like, Kemba actually has a positive net rating uh, on the year. Beal doesn't, but the Wizards fall off an enormous cliff whenever Beal is not on the court. This year, uh, in a reversal of a a trend that's taken place for the last few years, the the Hornets actually don't completely fall apart when Kemba goes to the bench. But I kind of didn't want to punish Kemba for like the organization and the coaching staff finding a way to survive the minutes that he's not out there. I just... I don't know. He, I, the strong start to the season really stuck with me. Uh, recency bias would sort of dictate Beal gets it, but I didn't want to be totally swayed by the fact that, like, yeah, in the last like two weeks, three weeks, the Wizards have been better. Um, I just remember how awful they were earlier in the season, how bad their chemistry was. I'm not saying that was Beal's fault, um, but uh, I just I, I I look at that Hornets team and like how it functions when Kemba's on the court. I still feel like it should be better than it is. I don't feel like it's a total mess chemistry wise. Like uh, it, it, it was kind of a toss up for me, but I think when Kemba's at his best, like he can dominate games in a way that Beal like occasionally kind of does for a few minutes at a time, but I, I don't think does uh, the same level of, level of like um, for force that like Kemba Walker does when he when he goes off. I would say that's probably true offensively, but I do think that Beal is a slightly better defender, which for me gets, gets oh some he is points. a yeah. much better defender. Yeah, he's just bigger by 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 virtue of being a larger human being. He's obviously a little bit better than Kemba's ever going to be able to be. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. How do you? What are your criteria for for like judging whether or not when it's a close race, when there's two guys that are really or three guys in this case, like between between Kemba Walker and and Ben Simmons and well, I guess Oladipo we could throw in there, and then and then Bradley Beal. What's your criteria? Do you look at? Because for me, I look at record. Like as you mentioned, Beal's been really good recently, and and you're right. Recently, recency bias has everybody thinking like you know Beal's an all star, which he probably is. But if you haven't done it the whole year, so consistency and record really matter to me. And then I you know it comes down to defense for me too, because if a guy plays on both ends of the ball. That means a lot to me. And he could, you know, someone could put up less gaudy stats, but still be a more impactful player on both ends. It's 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 a way more important thing to me personally. So, yeah, but if, if I go too far down that road, then I'm putting Jimmy Butler in the starting five because like that's the kind of two way player that he is. And that, that's when you'd have to give Oladipo a lot more uh, kind of consideration too. I, I, yeah. I like to be honest with you, I, I don't have like a set like checklist that I go down when, when I'm picking between these guys, like a lot of it is just feel. And frankly, like I know some people uh, think that this is like a sort of laughable idea and they want to take this really seriously. But some of it is like, this is an all-star game. Like who do I want to see in an all-star game? Like I want to see Kemba Walker like crossing guys up and taking deep threes and playing in an all-star game. Like I do. And I, I, I would like to see him do that in the starting lineup. I don't have like, if you're telling me you're putting like Eric Bledsoe or or like 
D'Angelo Russell in the starting lineup or something, then I'd have an argument. But if you're telling me that you went with like Beal or Ben Simmons or Jimmy Butler over Kemba, like, yeah, I don't know. It was just sort of a toss up. Like you could have just put those names in a hat and I'd pick one and I'd be like fine with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I don't think you could say the same thing in the West. You'd be like, wow, I really, really struggled over this one. But no, I'm with you. It's 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 absolutely true. And I, you know, for me, I think about like how that player impacts his game. So I still would put Kemba over Jimmy Butler, even though Jimmy Butler is obviously better on the defensive end, but Kemba means way more to his team than Jimmy Butler does. Right. He's got them in the, I think the last time I checked, they had a winning record or right around 500 anyways, but, but Kemba's the driving force on that team. Jimmy Butler is not, you know, it's, it's Embiid's team. And, and, and you also have Ben Simmons and JJ Redick in there and like, you know, Jimmy Butler is great. He does what he does really well, but, and he's definitely deserving of an all-star nod, but it's not like, you know, if, if you're going to talk about who's going to be a starter, I'm definitely putting Kemba. And you're right. I mean, some of it is just personal preference. I would love to see Kemba go off in an all-star game and just shoot the lights out. And, you know, cause he was so dynamic at the beginning of the season. I think he curtailed a little bit, but um, that'll happen anyway. So that's our starting five. We have the exact same starting five. See how great minds think alike, you know, how do they say? I don't know. <laughs> I, I can already, t- because of something you said earlier in the show, I already know that we're going to have a different bench, so I'm looking forward to that. Okay, what did I say uh, that clued you off? Uh, you completely dismissed Kyle Lowry, uh, oh. who did make the all-star team for me. Ah, yeah, you're right. I didn't. I completely dismissed Kyle Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's averaging almost 10 assists, 14 and like just about 10 assists. That's not. I believe he's, I, I believe Lowry, well, last time I checked was leading the league in assists. Is that no longer true? It's probably true. I don't know. I haven't checked today. Um, it's probably true. I mean, Lowry's, you know, I love. Kyle Actually, his Lowry. assists have dropped a little bit because he's, they, yeah, he played like, eh. but he's, he's still up there. Um, the thing about Lowry is like. I just I, I got myself into this position where I was like choosing between him and Siakam essentially, mm. and I went I went back and forth a lot. Uh, I shouldn't say a lot. Like it, there's just sort of like I've watched enough like Raptors basketball to know that like when Lowry is on the court, he is like more important to that team than Siakam. Even if if Siakam's numbers look better, even if Siakam's been way more efficient, mm-hmm. um, even if Siakam is basically this like ray of sunshine that everybody in the city is extremely excited about whereas Lowry people are wondering how he feels about the team people are wondering why his his shot hasn't been there as much as normal people are wondering if he's upset and all this stuff and it's just been kind of a weird season for him like I think Lowry has had a lot to do with the season Siakam has had I think Lowry has had everything to do with the season that Serge Ibaka has had Uh, I I think he's also helped uh, Leonard adjust and be comfortable there and then, like, all the advanced numbers are crazy for him. Like, the, the advanced numbers basically say that the fact that his he's not shooting as well, like, just does not matter. Um, because partially it's, it, it sort of makes sense if you watch them, right? Like, the, the gravity is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, p- the other teams play him the exact same way. His defense has not changed. He's still, like, fighting bigger guys under the rim for rebounds. He's still taking charges. He's still, like, such a crafty, smart guy that is able to create good looks for his teammates like he just he does so many good things out there that i think if if you're just saying all right he's not shooting well this year and he's he's looked like kind of weirdly passive and not as aggressive and like he's deferring too much on offense sometimes like i I think if you you just focus on that instead of all the good that he does then like it's the same it's the same idea with like like i have ben simmons on my team it's the same idea with like only talking about the 
the fact that he can't shoot. Like he does all this other stuff really well, and he matters a lot on a really good team. So um, th- those were actually my two like wild cards. Like the the last two guys I picked were, were Ben Simmons and Kyle Lowry. I, I don't know if those are like the most controversial ones, uh, but. But I'm kind of like starting from the bottom up when I'm looking at my my reserves in the East. No, that's fine. And I think, you know, there's something about the idea that like the Raptors have the second best record in the East. And I don't know. I'm not sure what their overall record in, in the NBA is, but I know it's it's definitely up there. And like a team I believe like it's that, also second. Is it second in the NBA? OK. Yeah. A team like that, you would think they would have more than one representative in the All-Star game. And so I don't like I don't fault you for putting Lowry on your right. He's absolutely impactful. And, you know, he's been the leader of that team for so many years. Like, I love Kyle Lowry. He's one of my favorite players, possibly because he's mm-hmm. a Philly kid. But <laughs> but uh, he's also just really damn good. And I, I, I think you're right. I mean, like I clearly overlook or at least I pass on it, you know, in this situation, because um I feel like there's a couple of guys that are more deserving to get in there. For instance, I have Vucevic on my team. He's putting up yeah, crazy numbers too. this year. Okay, good. And like, he never gets the love. He never gets any attention because he's playing in Orlando. And like, Orlando sucks. And, you know, it's it makes sense that people would probably leave him off their ballot. But I think he's deserving. He's Why? Know. No, it doesn't. He should be on everybody's ballot. Like... I, I, yeah, I'm stopping I, you right there. He has been incredible. I don't want like but these, the fact these, that that team is bad has like, absolutely nothing to do with him. It's not even like a few years ago where it's like, yeah, he's putting up numbers, but like they're sort of targeting him on defense and like he doesn't space the floor really. He's just sort of this like throwback guy. Like he has changed his game completely. Uh, his the the fact that he's having like his most efficient season ever while also carrying the biggest offensive load that he ever he's ever had. Uh, the, the fact that he's consistently making threes when he's taking more threes than he ever has before, uh, his effort level on defense is as high as it's ever been, and I think he's in better shape than he was a few years ago. So he's better able to survive on that end. He is by no means like a dominant rim protector or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I, I don't think he's just some stiff out there either. And then offensively, he's been one of the best players in the NBA offensively. Like there's really no arguing with. Uh, the way that this guy is scoring and his efficiency doing so and like doing that while number one in the scouting report for a team that like doesn't always have the, like the best secondary playmakers doesn't always have pristine spacing when he's on the court but like thriving like that in an imperfect situation like th- that's the kind of thing where it's like I- I'm incredibly impressed that he's able to do that in that environment. I'm not punishing him for the fact that it's not leading to a lot of wins because it's that that's really not that, that that's not his fault. And I, I just, this is one of those things where like, I just like, I, I am not like as I'm not like a purely, like I'm just going with the stats every time yeah. over the eye test, that kind of thing. But I just think if you look at that guy's numbers, you better have like an amazing reason to keep him off the all-star team when you look at the numbers. And I just don't, I don't see any valid reason for sure. No, no I mean, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. You're right. But I was going to, my point was going to be, it's not like his numbers are that much more increased than any other, like the last couple of years. He's, he's been a really solid player for the last, last at least three years. And he's he hasn't not, been this though. He hasn't, he hasn't been, been, been You're this. right. You're right. But he's been, a, he's been a scoring threat. He's really good on the low block. And like, he, yeah, yep. he has had he as he has added the three point game, uh, which is good. But he's also been he he was shooting threes last year, and I think the year before that as well. If if you're mentioning he was shooting threes last year, but like this year he's he's making them he's more making consistently. Them. Yeah. I think the jump was like 
low 30s to high 30s, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like he he's just better. He's just he's just all around better. He knows exactly who he is as an NBA player and he is so confident and I think part of it is like you know, Clifford took that job and there was no longer any like, oh, like should we bring Vooch off the bench? Like should right. do we have to do the thing that like everybody does with like these sort of like non-vertical spacing centers like and and Clifford was just like he's the best player on our team like we're gonna give him the ball yeah (laughs) and we're gonna have him create a lot of our offense and we're gonna dare other teams to to double team him so we can get open shots or Terrence Rosses of the world or whatever and it's like they've they've just played through him all year long and and he's been phenomenal so all right so we have you're right you're all those things you said were right thank you (laughs) <laughs> he has been good. <laughs> he has been good. Uh, and, you know, it's nice for Orlando, at least if they don't, you know, they're never going to make the playoffs this year, but at least they have something to cheer about because they have an all-star. Or they, I think they're going to have an all-star. I really think that Vucevic is going to get in this year. Um, and good for him. He's definitely. I think it'd be really funny if he made the all-star team like the day that they traded him. <laughs> you think they're going to trade him this year? Or just an aside real quick. I don't, I don't think it's like an inevitability, mm-hmm. but I think... You know, it's, it's the job of the front office to figure out um, what kind of money he's going to demand, uh, whether or not he wants to stay there. I mean, he's been there, like, not his entire career, but he's just been about. there. He's Yeah, like, yeah. just about. Like, he was he's one year in Philly, up there. got he's, traded in his second year, and then he's been down there since, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was one year in Philly, then he was traded in the summer, and... Every year he's been in these trade rumors. Every year it seemed like they weren't necessarily committed to him. And it's like, is he just going to be looking for a fresh start or is he just comfortable there? And I, I think they need to, like, kind of look at their chances of keeping him and their willingness to pay him, like, something close to his max if that's what he wants. And they then they need to make a decision because you definitely can't lose a guy like this for nothing. No, absolutely and then. And then they have to look at their books and they say, well, we paid Aaron Gordon and everybody talks. Yeah, that's a, a declining contract. Right. So it's it's tradable. Um, but they paid Aaron Gordon. Do you, are you committing to this uh, Gordon Vucevic combo long term when you also have Jonathan Isaac on your roster and you also have Mobamba on your roster? Mm-hmm. And it's like. It, it, these are tough decisions because you let Vucevic go, you're awful again. Yeah, yeah and yeah. they have been bad for so long, so many years. that like, that like yeah, sure they could they could totally resign him, but I I don't know that that is a foregone conclusion. I don't know that he would that the Magic or his number one option. Uh, so I, I just I I think it's it's funny that like no matter what he does every year around this time he's like on everybody's list of like players who could get traded. It's like he, yeah. the Magic could not ask anything more from him this year than, than what he has done. And uh, I just feel like he's the best possible version of like what he could be based on like a couple of years ago when people, including myself, were kind of like, eh, like he's skilled, he's good. I don't know where he fits into the modern NBA. Like now he absolutely does. Right, absolutely. Uh, but, but I still don't know how exactly he will fit into the Magic's future because I think one thing like that they've tried to do since they they – they got there they being john hammond and jeff weltman has they've their whole thing has been like we're gonna be we're gonna stay flexible we're gonna keep our options open we're not gonna commit um anywhere really strongly in one direction like uh, that's why i thought the gordon contract was interesting like yeah they paid a guy 
but they also gave him like an extremely tradable contract because yeah. they they wanted to be able to pivot if they needed to and it's like at a certain point like it once you pay Vucevic like that that's one area where it's like all right you have this this really really good player but if if you pay him like as much as he is eligible to be paid then it might not be the most like movable contract and it might have them locked in and maybe that's good maybe they just say he's a great player and we'd like we'd love to continue this partnership for the next few years i'm just i'm just sort of like i'm not sure what they're gonna do fair enough that's enough talk about orlando <laughs> yeah what are we doing here? i don't all know right. we're supposed to be talking about the all-stars anyway uh so let me let me let me go over this so we we both have Vucevic, we both have ben simmons yeah. right and like there's a there's a a whole conversation to be had about whether ben, whether or not Ben Simmons deserves to be an all-star. I think we both feel that clearly he does. Um, Jimmy Butler, yeah? Yes, I have three Sixers. Ah, same. We, have, do you, we both have Bradley Beal. Yes. So that leaves us with one, two, three more spots. That Oh, it's, I think three spots. And I think you gave me... Kyle give Lowry. You Lowry. Yeah, so yeah. that's three people I need to tell you about and two more that you need to tell me about. So do you want me to give you one? Go nuts. All right, here we go. I have, I mean, this isn't going to come as a surprise to anybody, but Blake Griffin, obviously, is making the all-star game for me. It's me too. Yeah, 25 points a game, five five assists, eight rebounds, and, and his pettiness is off the charts, um, <laughs> which I love. It, I, I just think the guy's been playing out of his mind and he's the really only thing they have on that team. Sorry, I'm getting so distracted by watching this Sixers-Rockets game right now. It's really getting chippy. Um, I'm going to watch it later. I can't do two things at the same time. Yeah, me neither. That's why I'm, I'm just like, you talk, I'm going to watch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you're not listening to me. I'm listening to you. I'm absolutely listening. No, I love I love uh-huh. your voice. I love the sound of your voice. It's very romantic. Uh-huh. Uh- <laughs> I don't believe a word that you're saying right now. <laughs> anyway... Griffin, Blake Griffin. I don't know. I just think like he's the, you know, the poor guy doesn't have any help on that team. There there are no guards. He's got Andre Drummond next to him. Who's, eh. I mean, he's putting up 16 and 15, but it's not, not great. So that's really the two guys on that team. And, you know, he's, he's carrying that team every night. If he doesn't deserve to be in the all-star game, I don't know who is. And just based on the numbers alone, like he's, he's, he's hauling an incredible load and he's the man the is old, working very hard. He's working very, very hard. And he's, you know, he looks like old Blake um, as much as, you know, he. Does, I don't think the old I, Blake, but with more three point shooting. Yeah. And I think a little bit less explosiveness, but he's still been really impressive. The couple of games I've watched, you know, because who the hell watches Detroit? <laughs> They're a rough watch now, right? They're like, a rough like, watch, man. Early in the season, I was sort of like, all right, let's see what this Detroit team can be. And now it's like whenever I put them on, it's just uh, it's a real drag. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Luke Kennard's playing well though, so there's that. Is he? Yeah, man. Clearly, I have. I like Luke Kennard. Yeah, <laughs> he's fine. Clearly, I haven't watched any Detroit basketball in a while. So why you have him in there too? Basically for the same reasons. Yeah, I mean, he was a lock to me. That wasn't even. There's spots I debated here. Blake Griffin was not one of them. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you my last two. I got Butler in. I think we both said Butler, Simmons, Vucevic. I have Oladipo in, even though Oladipo is having a down year. But I think a lot of it has to do with injuries. And uh, I mean, the team's yep. been playing well without him when he, you know, when he wasn't there. But he's still averaging nineteen five and five. 
and he still means he's still really good. He's still really good, and he still means a lot to that team. And I think if they're going to do anything in the playoffs, it's going to be on on Oladipo's shoulders <clears throat> to carry them. He is a threat every night, even though you know, like I said, he's been injured and down this year. But I still think he deserves. And when you when you compare him to a, a you know a bunch of other people in the East, he he definitely deserves to be in there. So you have yep. Oladipo as well. Yeah. So who's your one more? I hate doing this. I hate that I put him in there. I should have put Kyle Lowry. I actually have D'Angelo Russell. All right. All right. I, look, he is on my list of guys I feel guilty about. I just watched him go off again today. Like, I just got back from the Nets game, and he was incredible. Just hitting these, like, uh, these like James Harden shots over, like, outstretched arms of uh, King's bigs. Like, just like it's nothing. Like when he when he gets hot, it's just like it doesn't matter how difficult the shot looks. It, it just goes in. Like he's been on absolute tear for the last like twenty games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I get it. I just it I just I have a complicated relationship with like the way D'Angelo Russell plays basketball. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I, I watch so many Nets games and it's like I always feel like things just like function a little smoother when Dinwiddie is out there. And like I had when I was first looking at All-Stars like a few weeks ago, I was thinking like, oh, maybe Dinwiddie will make the team. And like now I, I don't think I can make that argument. No. Uh, but and like Russell has obviously played his way into the conversation. And I think he is a a totally fine pick by you uh, for that last spot. I just I, I just, you know, I, I think Lowry's a better player. And I oh, think yeah. he he, uh, <laughs> he helps a team win in like more consistently in more different ways than D'Angelo does. But I mean, D'Angelo is like. If you just like look at the like basic numbers, like uh, like D'Angelo is playing like an all star right now. Like he's playing great. It's just weird. It's just he he makes all these like in between like mid range shots and like floaters and stuff. Like he doesn't really get to the basket very often. He doesn't really draw many fouls. Uh, he's not a very good defender, but like he's been so good at the other stuff and he's been playing with such confidence and they've been winning. It's like, it's, it's sort of hard to argue. So, uh, I, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to say I didn't have him on my team. All right. Fair enough. No, but I, I agree. You know, I, I agree with about everything you said. I, I don't like the way he plays. I'm not a big fan of D'Angelo Russell. I really was, I was really flirting with the idea of putting Dinwiddie in there as well. Cause I'd like him way more as a player. I think he's less selfish. I think he sees the floor better, uh, or just, just understands his teammates better. And, and if you want to say he plays the right way, I hate that expression, but I, I feel like he plays team ball, whereas D'Angelo, I think, you know, takes the ball in his hands and he shoots. And I just feel like they're, the reason I'm putting him in is because, look, Brooklyn has been in this really bad place for a number of years with all those picks they traded away. They're actually in the playoff, like, positioning right now. I think they're seventh. In, they're in going to, the they're sixth? They're sixth. What the hell? Yeah, so, man. And he's been going off. And like, this is absolutely a case of recency bias because, you know, I would love to put anybody else <laughs> in there besides D'Angelo Russell, but I think they need a representative. They're sixth in the East. And I don't know, maybe it's a little bit of like, you know, we both live in Brooklyn. Maybe I'm just feeling like somebody needs to get in there. So I'm putting so, D'Angelo Russell in there against my own better wishes uh, because he is averaging 19 19- Three and six, you know, six assists. He's he's not a bad player. So we all need to um, explain ourselves for not giving the Milwaukee Bucks more than one All Star. Yeah, um, that's a good call. Because I struggled with it, and it was just it was just tough. Like Bledsoe has had a great year, and he's done it on both ends. And Middleton 
the way he started this season, I was like, oh my god, he's going to be an all star for sure. Like he's going to yeah. have a career year. Like he's in Bud's offense, and like some people doubted how he would function because he takes a lot of mid rangers, but he's just making all these threes. But then, like you know, over the course of the season, like he did look a little uncomfortable trying to get to his spots and trying to like take only the shots that Bud wants him to, and like not really post up quite as much and not step into three pointers after he pump fakes, but like sidestep and take a three or like, or whatever. And I just, I I feel part of it is like, I feel like there is still a better version of Middleton that we're going to see in this offense. If he stays in Milwaukee Mm long-term and with Bledsoe, uh, I just don't like as well as he's playing, like, I mean, the three point shooting still isn't there. And like, I just don't think he's like the driving reason why the Bucks are successful. Like I see like what Bud has done and like obviously just what Giannis does and the attention that he attracts. Mm-hmm. And then like the, the signings that they've made, like in particular Lopez, like I feel like the system has really set up Bledsoe to have this year and he's fit in better than a ton of people expected him to. And he's done his job as well as you could hope. But it's, I have this weird thing where it's like, I, I think the system is doing more for him than like he is doing for the team. And like, maybe that is unfair. Maybe that is underselling his defense. But it's like, I was trying to pick between him and Lowry. And I just, I still just feel like Lowry is like the more complete player and like the guy who I'd rather have on, on, on my team. Uh, so I went with him, but it's like, Look, the the Bucks and the Raptors have virtually the same record right now. I think um, the Bucks are like a hair ahead of them by win percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, if if you look at that and say like, why why isn't Bledsoe or Middleton on the team? Like, I get it, uh, but I just it, it's one of those weird things where it's like, yeah, we can have a Sixers team that's like clearly inferior, <laughs> have three <laughs> players because that's how the team is built. Uh, and we can have this Milwaukee team that has been way better and has had far fewer problems and it's just been this like great success story from day one and we just give their like transcendent player the, the one spot and um, part of it is is that's just like I, I don't think like when I do this I don't view this as just like ticking down the teams at the top of the standings and like picking how many representatives they get based on the record like I've just right. sort of never done it that way right uh, but if you do it that way then you're gonna disagree with like everything that we've said here and you know you know speaking to that like believe me I I really struggled putting D'Angelo Russell in over Chris Middleton because if you ask me Chris Middleton is a way better player um but yeah I think like the there's another element to it too like Giannis is star is so bright it just kind of like outshines all the other guys on that team and you kind of forget everyone else that's there and yeah i mean they just all become secondary players to him you know so yeah it's not the same as when you know in philly like you said they're they're right now they're an inferior team but they do have three guys who legitimately should be all-stars and they're like i think everyone understands that the reason they're not better is because they just haven't figured out how to play together at the same time, no, right? that's not even it. That's not even it's the bench. Like it's a it's oh, the yeah, lack of true, depth. Yeah. Like right, but I'm saying I think like, they're playing fine together. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're definitely starting to find a rhythm together as you know the yeah. big three. But yeah, the the bench is awful. God, it's awful. And there's you know that's also the case with it's the opposite with like Toronto and, and Milwaukee. Like they both have stellar benches, and neither you know neither one of their benches like boasts a bunch of all stars. But they're, and by the way, so, by the way, so do the Nets too yeah yeah and that's why to me i'm kind of like i'm okay with like not having a net on the team because like the nets are partially like 
the way they are because they have 10 guys that can sure. really play. I would love to see Jared Allen on the All-Star team more than D'Angelo Russell, to be honest with you. One day. One, one day. day. He's freaking awesome. I love him. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else about the East that you want to talk about before we move uh, on to the West? I, 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 it, there was a point in the season where I was sure that Demontis Sabonis was going to make my team. Mm, I struggled uh, with him, too. We've gotten to the point where, like, I wasn't sure if, like, maybe Miles Turner actually had a better case than Sabonis, and uh, I just left them both off. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I can't decide. Yeah, that, that's, yeah that, that's, that's about all I've got for the East, though. What about, let me ask you about Reddick real quick. Had you toyed with the idea of, because, you know, a lot of people, at least in Philadelphia, are talking about Reddick for the All-Star team. He's averaging. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it came down to the, like, I'm just not going to put four sixers on No, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, yeah, he's... He should be in that kind of like that if you're if you're considering Sabonis, Siakam, like all those guys, like if you were to tell me you strongly believed that Reddick had a better season than Kyle Lowry and should be like should get that last spot, like okay, cool, like I get it, yeah, like I I don't think that's crazy. He has been wonderful. Uh, He's been really and, really excellent on that. He just means so much to the Philadelphia offense, but on defense, yes. God, he's been so so bad this year. He gets he gives back every single point that he gets. It's it's, it's I like, wouldn't say every single point, but he close. gives up. To- yeah, for sure. yeah, they can't. They haven't been able to guard a single guard. Like even mediocre guards have just blown yeah. their doors off this year. So it's not been pretty. Yeah, but that's usually. I mean, that's not always JJ guarding. Eh, no, 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 sometimes no. you're right. But it's you know, but it's a lot of between you know JJ Redick and and. Uh, Part of it is things get weird when like your point guard is like six ten on one end, and you yeah. have to have a cross match every time, and you have to figure like you know I think like Covington and then Jimmy like both. Like, they do good jobs on point guards in general. And, like, honestly, like, I, I think a lot of the reason why, like, small guards to tend, to tend to go off against them is the Sixers just play this, like, super conservative pick-and-roll scheme because they want to be next to the basket. So, like, if, like, speedy reserve point guard A wants to, like, turn the corner and, like, get up a completely uncontested 17-foot shot, like, kind of can. And, like, I know those shots are, like, not supposed to be efficient, but like when they're in rhythm and like completely open, like I, guys can get hot taking those shots, and sure. I think the Sixers sur- surrender a lot of them, and that's that's been one of the like tricky things that they've been trying to solve all season. And I think they've been doing a better job of it the last couple of games. But yeah, anyway, listen, yeah. this is going to turn into a Sixers podcast again, and I do this every time. I'm not doing it this time. Let's move on to the West. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right, give me your starting five in the West. I had. Stephen Curry, James yes. Harden, yes. Uh, Anthony Davis, yes. Kevin Durant, and then it was hard for me to pick the final one, and I just said, screw it, I'm putting LeBron as a starter. I don't care that he's been hurt. Okay, yes. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so we differ on – I. you know what? I did this same podcast like two weeks ago. I was on the King's Court podcast with Vince Miracle, and I actually had Kevin Durant in there, and he – you know, Vince had – Paul George. And I'm like, you know, that's crazy. Kevin Durant's numbers are insane, blah, 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 blah. And then I thought about it. Paul George is having such an amazing season right now. His numbers aren't as gaudy as Kevin Durant's are, but I think he means way more to his team just by the, you know, by virtue of the fact that like he has, <laughs> what, go ahead. You're, you're going to laugh. No, I'm just like... laughing because it's like, yeah, but like, this is because the Warriors have 
two of the top yeah. like three players in the league, and that never happens. But yeah, he okay. just started five <laughs> All Stars the other night. Like it's it hasn't yeah. happened since the nineteen seventy what five six season. Like come on, man. So I'm knocking Kevin Durant for that and the fact that he's an asshole, and I'm putting Paul George. Wow. <laughs> Come on, Kevin Durant is an asshole. He's he's like the most triggered little, little pain in the ass Kevin Dur- ever. Kevin Durant gave me a very nice quote about Ron Adams a few months ago in the tunnel of Barclays Center as he was like going to the bus. So I, I cannot call him an asshole. It was a very nice thing that he did. All right, fine. Maybe an asshole is the wrong word. Maybe I just, I, you know, what? it's that's true. Because, you know, if you. Also, I just don't think he's an asshole. Like, I think he's a complicated, like, interesting and, like, kind of weird yeah. guy. But, like, I would not just boil it down to asshole. You're right. Because I was just thinking about this. And, like, if you had to ask me who was more of an asshole, Jimmy Butler or or Katie, I'm definitely going with Jimmy Butler. So maybe I should just say I'm I'm just tired of hearing him be triggered all the time, and it's annoying. Um, so I'm knocking him for that because this is a popularity contest, and I you know I could choose whoever I want. <laughs> so, so you also you also had LeBron. I also had LeBron. Yeah, I mean you can't not all put right. LeBron in there. He's like he's you can. Like, I, eh. I I elected not to not have LeBron, but I, I think you can. Like I honestly think like the popular sentiment among like. Uh, like the, I don't know the the basketball Twitter universe or whatever is like, is like he's just missed too much time. So have him come off the bench. I think I think that's what Zach Lowe had on his on his pod was he had him coming off the bench, and it's like, I just I just there's there's too many players having like MVP caliber seasons in the West in the front yeah. court. Like it's not fair. Like Paul George by by like any normal standard would easily be an all-star starter. Same with Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. same with LeBron James, same with AD. Honestly, same with Jokic. Like Jokic has yeah. had, if you told me you had AD uh, off the bench and you were starting Jokic, like I'd be totally fine with that too. But uh, yeah, I, I just, I went with like, I kind of default a lot to like who were actually just the best players. <laughs> and that that's and uh, to me, that's KD LeBron and Anthony Davis. So those are, those are the best players. I'm with you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, but I also reserve the right to have my own fucking opinion. <laughs> so, sure. So, so Kevin Durant is coming off the bench, but yeah, no, I had to, I had to put LeBron in there. Like, it, it's it's a LeBron man. He's the he's the greatest player of this generation, maybe of all time. He's in the top two, and like, just when he, was, you can just say he's the best player of all time if you want to. Uh, I feel like I, I don't. A know. lot of us don't say it because like we're scared. I'll That's just, true. I just I think he's the best player ever. I, I think he I might care. be. I think he might be. Oh, really? All right. I was gonna say I think he might be remembered as the greatest player ever after he retired. But I also think that like when he came out and said I'm the greatest player ever, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. <laughs> people were like, "Oh, we get to take points away." Well, um, it rubbed me the wrong way because like he like transparently like did that on his own like yeah. HBO platform to get people to watch it. Speaking but of annoying, the sentiment yeah. <laughs> didn't bother me. Right. Right. No. No. I mean, like. Let's not have this debate. I can't, you know, the thing is, I yeah, didn't... let's move on. We're not, we're, let's just do the all-stars. Let's just do the all-stars. I don't <laughs> all right, want to, all right. right. So we, we differ on, on Paul George and Kevin Durant. Um, Durant, by the way, almost 50, 40, 90, and he's 27 or sorry, 28 points, 7.4 boards and six assists. That's, that's freaking ridiculous numbers. Paul George, 26 points, eight, eight rebounds and four assists. But I think he means way more to his team than Durant does. And that's why I gave him the starting nod. I mean, Paul George is like my defensive player of the year right yeah, now. Yeah, and he's so. also, by the way, maybe defensive player of the year right now. He's been incredible. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, I have him in there. I just, it's, you know, again, it's ticky tacky. You come down to these decisions and like, our decisions mean nothing. But it's fun to think about like, 
it always comes down to at least a little bit of personal preference too, right? Like this is this is my personal preference. This is who I want to see in there, and I just just kind of want Kevin Durant to like settle down for a second. So I'm I'm punishing him. How dare he sit on the bench? There you go. You're you're grounded. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about the reserves. So I got Durant, and you obviously have Paul George, right? Uh huh. Okay. So give me another one. Who else you have coming off the bench? Well, I, Jokic, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I had Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. Uh, I had Rudy Gobert. Oh, I left Gobert off. It was really tough for me. Really? Yeah. Okay. I have I, had... I have Stephen Adams. Yeah, I, I wanted to get him on the team, but I couldn't do it. I had to do it, man. And like, he's been so good defensively, and he's been so good around the rim like normal, but I think he's actually taken his offense to a little bit of a, um, a, a the next level, if you want to say. Like, he was hitting some incredible shots against Embiid the other night. Like, twice he got him in a spin move and just went right to the rim. It was it was ridiculous. Against Joel Embiid, he, he basically left him standing still. I don't know, man. Steven Adams means so much to that team. His, I think he's fourth in yep. defensive win shares. He's fifth in defensive rating for players that play at least 30 minutes. I think that's how it works. 41st in PER. I don't know. 15-10, 1.7 assists. He's but, just he's okay. been so solid. Go ahead. True. But do you – so do you have Westbrook? I do also have Westbrook, yeah. Okay. Because I was going to give you shit because I was like – I almost put Adams on there and like didn't have Westbrook and I was like there's no universe where I can argue that like I can like snub Russ and put Adams on the team like that just like I just can't do that. So I I do have Russ on the team. There there uh, the West the West was a lot harder for me man cuz there's a lot of guys that I had Yeah, to it's snub it's with. really it's... I thought there there's a lot of guys that I thought would be on my team or I thought I'd give more consideration to that I was just like no, I can't do it. Yeah, um It's a bloodbath. So all right, so who else? I just I just think Rudy Gobert is like so dominant defensively and like he gets shortchanged a lot for his offensive game cuz like it's it's not like you know flashy or particularly like impressive but it's it's still very effective. I mean and if you look at I Go- just if you look at Gobert and and Adams's numbers together go Rudy Gobert is 15 13 two assists and two blocks a game and Adams mm-hmm. is 15 10 one one assists. And I don't, I don't think he's up there in deep, in blocks very much. So Gobert definitely has the better numbers. And you're right, he's a he's a defensive force. It's just that, like, I just feel the Jazz have been so up and down this year. I, I don't know. I'm like, I just, I really wanted to get Stephen Adams. Once there. their schedule is, is kind of broken for them in the past couple of weeks, and they've been a lot better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were really inconsistent until recently. Okay, and so we both kind have... of like maddeningly so. So if you're rewarding the better teams, then sure, like the Thunder have been pretty consistently great. Um, but I just think Gobert is like a better player. I think he's a better, more more dominant defensive player. But Adams is is playing All Star caliber basketball. Like I wanted to get him on my team. Uh, if he was in the East, I would have had him there oh, for, for sure. sure. But for sure. it's just. By the way, if you look down the roster, man, the, the the bench for the West for me at least is so much bigger than the bench for the East. Like it's almost all. Big guys. So I have, we both have Durant, or sorry, you have him. So you have Paul George, you have Carl Anthony Towns, you have Jokic, you have Rudy Gobert, and I have Steven Adams in that spot. Like right there, that's that's a lot of size. Um, a lot of size. We both have Westbrook, so it comes down to like two more. Who do you have? Uh, Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm, got that and, one. And Drew Holiday. Yes, yes. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, we both have Drew. <laughs> 
I couldn't not have Drew in there, man. He's 20 and eight and four rebounds. Like it's, he's playing incredible basketball. And you want to talk about a defensive player? He's so good on the defensive end. Drew Holiday completely gets overlooked. And here's the thing. Here's a, here's a place where like it, it, it's a struggle for me because that team has not played up to expectations. Like Julius Randle is averaging like 20 points and like eight rebounds. And you have Carl Anthony, or sorry, not Carl Anthony Towns. You have, uh, come on, help me out here. Anthony Davis on that team and you have Drew Holiday, but they're still not winning. So, well, when those guys play together, right? Like they are a winning, like, like their, their point differential or net rating or whatever, like it, like they should be a winning team. It's just like, they need those guys on the court. And they yeah. they are so reliant on those two that when when they inter- when they take one of them off the court, like it's just it, it's it's bad. Again, it's like the ben- the bench unit, just the huge drop off. Yeah, and it's it, you know it's really it's not even just like it's a lack of talent, and then like sort of like parts that don't quite fit, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they like Randall has been good individually, but like he's not really a clean fit with with AD, and like you you absolutely can't play Miritich, Randall, and AD together ever, right? right. And like it's just it's a weirdly constructed team. And Miritich has been out for a good chunk. So yeah, and that that obviously did not help. But I don't think they're getting what they wanted out of Etwan Mora. Clearly, when they signed him a few years ago, he, well, they did at the beginning of the year, and then yeah, and lately off really no, quick. yeah. So it's I I don't know. I wish that team was better. They started out really good, and they were a lot of fun to watch. But I I still I can't. I feel like such a hypocrite saying at one time, like I can't put this guy on the all-star team because the team isn't winning. And then I have drew holiday on and his team isn't winning, but I can't, no, but like, I can't knock him for it. But like drew is like, like without him, it's like, the, it feels like they wouldn't win any games at all ever. Like yeah. he, he is, he has been fantastic. And I think the one thing with him is like, and I, I actually talked to him about this for a story, like a couple of months ago, like we just ran it as a Q and a, but like the one thing that just stands out when I watch that team is just how much he does. Mm-hmm. Like, Every possession, he, it, like, he basically, like, he runs more than anyone else in the NBA. He defends, uh, like, anyone from, like, you know, like, the smallest, quickest point guards to, like, he's sometimes a guy that's guarding, like, KD. Like, he did that yeah. in the playoffs. Like, he's He can guard it all the way he's up to nuts. the floor. You'll see and, him, yeah, you'll see him put him on the floor on occasion. And you'll see him, like, block shots at the rim. Yeah. And, like, boxing out big dudes. Like, he just... <laughs> He, he plays so hard. He sacrifices his body. And, like, the the one thing, like, the reason why he's on there this year um, to me is, like, all right, so last year he sort of finds his comfort zone with the Pelicans as, like, well, the secondary playmaker, not a point guard. He's playing forget, two guard pretty much all the time. He, al- and now he this also year, came back from, like, a lot of injuries and, and his wife having brain right. surgery. So, yeah, it was right. a bit of a comfort thing he had to get to. Go ahead. Right, but... But this year, it's like you start the season and it's like he's playing next to Alfred Payton and then Payton is just gone. Mm-hmm. And now Holiday, in addition to having to guard everybody and like play ridiculous defense for them to even have a chance, he has to be like a primary playmaker for that team. Like he he has to run a lot of pick and rolls. He has to orchestrate the offense. He has to try to get other guys involved. There aren't that many guys to even get involved, really. Right. Uh, and it's just th- that he's done all that. He's done that efficiently. Uh, he's uh, I believe he's still averaging a career high in scoring. Like, uh, like he was an all star once before. Yeah. Uh, when he was in Philly, and I think. Like I just think this version of him is just way better than than that guy was, oh, totally. and I think 
if you just it's it's sort of like I sort of like Paul George is like the MVP version of like the MVP caliber version. He's obviously not going to win it of like what Drew is doing in terms of like this guy is like doing so much. He can play on and off the ball. He can guard basically anyone. His effort is always there. You can count on him, blah, blah, blah. Like I just I think Drew Holiday means that much to his team. Like his team isn't as good and he's a point guard. So there's like or he's a guard. So it's like a little bit different just because he doesn't have that size. But like I, I view them the same way in terms of like what they bring to a team on a possession by possession basis where it's just like, oh, my God. Like if you you get to have this guy on your team and you get to have him playing both ends for that many minutes and and giving you all that and you don't have to worry about him taking possessions off like it's I just think he's been incredible. Yeah. Uh, So it it was tough because like. How do you compare what he does to what a guy like Clay Thompson does? How do you compare him to what like Tobias Harris or Gallinari does like LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan? Mm -hmm. I, I thought. Like when I started this, I was like, I'm gonna get Luca on my team. That'll be fun. I, I could not get Luca on my team. <laughs> I, I like I was Mike Conley ask. has been disqualified yep. by because of how the Grizzlies have played lately. Uh, Jamal Murray is like having a really good season, but I just couldn't do it. Like it's there, there's so many guys. Yeah, and... so many guys. No, I was. You know what? Let's talk about that real quick. I was gonna ask you about. Because I know there's this huge push to put Luka Doncic in there. Because, like, he's been an incredible rookie. He's putting up really good numbers. He's been clutch in the fourth corner, like, making huge three-point shots. I, I, I wouldn't have put him in anyways because of the rookie thing, right? Like, if Ben Simmons... going to punish him for being a rookie? Like, no, no. I'm punishing like... him for Ben Simmons not getting in. So, <laughs> that's why I'm not putting him in. If okay. Ben Simmons was not allowed to get in last year because he was a rookie... I am definitely not putting Luca in. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, like, you know, the, the league does not want to put rookies in the All-Star game. And I, I get it. It's not really fair because Luca probably is deserving. But when you, when you put him up against people like, like, like you said, Tobias Harris is having a great year. DeMar DeRozan, he probably means more to that team than anyone else. Maybe, maybe even more than Aldridge. Um, Chris Paul doesn't even make consideration because he's been out so long. But Clay like, Thompson, And DeMar is having the best passing year of his career by far. Right. And he, it's like... Exactly. And I don't have him on my team. And like, I feel bad. Like, yep. I, I, I feel bad for both of those Clippers forwards. I feel like it's yeah. it just sucks. Like, I don't know what to do. Yep. And then, you know, you also mentioned uh, Mike Connolly. I really, really, really wanted to find a, put a, find a way to put Mike Connolly in there. It's not possible. His team has just taken a huge nosedive. And like, do I think he's deserving? Sure. I think he's like fringe all-star. And I, I love the guy. He's one of my favorite point guards. He plays hard every night. He gives it to you on both ends. And, like, mm-hmm. he's a true professional. But he's just – there's too many guys, man. Like, this like this is what I was saying earlier. Like, it was breaking my heart on the on the West Coast. Like, I, there's so many guys that I would just like, you know, come to the East. Come to the East. We'll get you in there. <laughs> like, you can't and I, and it's, and I almost I almost left Westbrook off, honestly. Yeah, like, I it think... wasn't even necessarily Holiday. Like, Westbrook was the guy – where I was like, I just, I don't know that I can do this. Like, I'm just looking at his free throw percentage. Yeah. I'm looking at like point, the f- 27% from three. Like, I mean, ugh. it's, it's no one has ever shot that many jumpers with less, like worse efficiency. Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's really bad. But. Well, who but, would you have put in his stead? That's the thing. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I can't, like, I'm, I'm looking at a long list of guys 
I would have had to put and, DeRozan in there, I think. Because just like you said, I, mean, I actually had Tobias Harris in there for a second. And I was like, I can't do too. I wanted to put Yeah, him. I mean, but the thing is, here's the thing. It's like, I did this and like, you could talk to me tomorrow and I might have swapped Westbrook and Holiday and I'd have like Luca and DeMar in there. Like, I don't like. Is, is Luca really that close for you? I mean, he's been awesome. He's been uh, awesome. Like, it's, it's, it's everything. Like, it's, it's the, the playmaking, like, for himself, for others. Like, even, like, like, the rebounding has been good. Just the, the end of game stuff obviously is, is extremely notable and very rare um, for any young player, let alone an actual rookie. Uh, Who's 19. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's. I, I think he has been that good. I think, and and also just like the way that the Mavs use him, it's like he is obviously the star of that team, and he has been essentially from day one. And I, I think there's like, you know, the, the defense is not amazing, obviously. Right. Uh, the the efficiency could be a little better, uh, but. I, I think he has definitely played himself into where, like, if he does end up making the team, it's not some kind of, like, oh, he's just popular. Like, no. Like, he he is, like, among the elite players in the NBA. I just think in in the West, it like, the competition is so stiff that, like, I couldn't get him. I couldn't get him in this time. But, like, but the rest thing, I really went back and forth because, like, I know there's, like, no real historical precedent for like a guy producing that much just in terms of raw numbers, like being left off. Mm -hmm. But like, if you were going to leave a guy like that off, it would be because you, you look at his defense, you look at his efficiency and you're like, yeah, no, like, <laughs> like it, it, it would be, it would be a season like this, but right. I still just, it, it's, it's hard for me on a team that's that good when he is obviously such a vital part of like, what that team does uh and that you know d despite the fact the shooting has been inconsistent like the the like westbrookness of his play has has remained extremely consistent like despite coming off a surgery he's still as like furious as ever attacking the basket he still never lets the defense off the hook he is extremely aggressive uh he is constantly trying to get downhill he is constantly um trying to make a play uh, and, you know, I, I know you could quibble with like the rebounding stuff. You could say that he's sort of selfish, but I just, I still, I, I look at his passing and like that, that is really the reason why I still have him there is I just, I just think he creates so much for his teammates and uh, the presence that he has and the threat of him getting to the basket and scoring and the threat of him pulling up and making those jumpers, it still looms so large, even though he hasn't actually been hitting them. <laughs> like yeah. he, he, he is still getting so much done for that team on a nightly basis. And honestly, like expending so much effort doing so. And like, I know it's like, that's not how you, it's not like you get into the all-star like game just by virtue of playing hard, but like he, he does do that. And that, that earns him some points with me. And it, it just, something felt wrong about being like, no, like, I'm going to put Clay Thompson in a down year over Russell Westbrook in a down year. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's just, he, he ended up on, uh, on my list and like part of it, like a little part of that is also like, he's one of the best like all-star game players we'll ever see. Yeah. Cause he treats it like a normal fucking game and yeah. he goes after the MVP every time. And he's <laughs> like, I, I want to see him play in the game. Like, to be honest with you, like That's I, That's I am fair. not like, 
I'm not nearly the like Westbrook apologist and Westbrook fan that I was years ago mm-hmm. when he was younger. Uh, and I'm still sort of like flabbergasted by like the, the fact that he like that anyone in the world plays this way and, and takes as many shots as he does. Uh, but I still like when, when the, when the all-star game is actually happening, like I just, I, I honestly, like I have to admit, I just, I want him to be there. I want him to be on the court. No, that's absolutely fair. Give me, give me the hardest decision you had for, for a guy that didn't make it or, or, or tell me about Lillard because we haven't talked about either yet. So <laughs> for me, I, I was just going to say like, I really struggled not putting DeMar in there. And for, for the reasons you said, yeah. like, I just feel like that, you know, the Spurs have been good. They're, they're winning. And DeMar DeRozan has become, I mean, we said this last year, he's been a different player last year, but that was shooting threes. This year, he's like really facilitating and sharing the ball. He's not shooting the damn threes anymore. He's not shooting threes <laughs> at all now. Yeah. But he's become, I think, a more yeah. efficient player and he's, and he's, you know, helping his teammates get more involved. And I think that's been a huge, I don't think it's going to carry over to the postseason. I really don't see how their mid-range game is going to beat a whole lot of teams. But I think for the regular season, which is what this this whole award is about. I think the Mar DeRozan has been really important for that team. And I'm happy that he's shining out there and I feel like bad leaving him off. Uh, yeah, no, if he makes it over some of the guys that I have here, like I'll be happy for him. Like it, it, this, it wasn't destined to be this like, like amazing fruitful partnership from day one in San Antonio. Like right. I, I was optimistic that it, it would be pretty good because like I knew Pop had like always really liked him and I thought he would give him the latitude to kind of play his game. Um, but despite that, it's like, you know, the Spurs have this reputation of putting everybody in the proper role and putting them in a position to succeed. And that is earned, mm-hmm. but there's also like a decent list of guys who have gone to the Spurs and like felt stifled and felt like they couldn't just, do what they wanted. They had to play within the system. They're not going to get the same shot attempts they are other places. Even Lamarcus Aldridge, when he got there, like was not especially comfortable at first, and that yeah. that that has been widely covered. Yes. And uh, <laughs> uh, and I think if it was a little bit rocky for Demar, I, I think it would have been understandable. And I think the fact that not only was it not that, but he understood pretty intuitively how to get shots where he was comfortable within that system, uh, how to create good three-point shots for other people in that system, and just kind of operate on the same on the wavelength that Pop wanted from him from, like, really the preseason onward. Like, I, I, I think that's impressive, and it speaks to how, like, how desperately he wanted this to work <laughs> yeah. and how much he wanted to, like, prove to people this year and, like, if he does get left off of the all-star team, it's not because he is a worse player there than than he was the previous, like, five years in Toronto when he was making the team. It's just he's in a tougher conference where the competition is, like, just brutal. So so, so much so much steeper. Yeah, and it's like, like, I wish he was still shooting the threes. Like, I, I really think that, like, that he eventually needs to uh, if he's going to be as efficient as a player as he wants to be. But, like, yeah. I mean, he's he's playing Spurs ball, and he's very comfortable and uh, I, I think he has fit in about as about as well as you could have possibly hoped. And they're winning more games than I thought they would. Their defense is way better than I thought it would be. Uh, and it's just weird that they're that I don't have any Spurs, and, and neither do you. Yeah. Because you would think you would think, given where they are, uh, that they would have at least one. Um, but 
I, I, it's a, it's another one of those things. Like they're doing it with depth. Like their bench is really good. Like well, they, just... they have been, their bench has been better than their starters have been this year. And I don't know that I want to say like, oh, let's just put their two best players in the All Star game, or let's just pick whichever one we think is the best player. Which I don't think is clear, by the way. Right. Let's right. just pick whoever we think is number one and put him in the game. Like I, I just don't think it's that simple. Uh, maybe it would be if they were in the East, it would be that simple, but it's, it's not in the West. It's really not. And you know, the other thing that bothers me about it too is like we, you, I, I just said that I reward winning, right? But at the same time, I just put two players from the Pelicans on the All Star team and none from the Spurs. So yeah, it's it's a weird thing, man. Like. I don't know really how you're supposed to. I did to... the same thing. Yeah, it's it, how do you how do you really make a decision like this? It's so freaking hard. I'm glad these guys don't depend on me for anything, because <laughs> so, I would feel horrible. <laughs> like, uh, anyway, um, do you have anything else to say about the West? Do you have anything else to say about the All Star Game? Are you? Gonna... Uh, Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, are you going to be covering it this year? Yeah, I will be there. Nice. Uh, this was my first. I've been to two All-Star games before. I went to the one in Toronto and the one in New York. Um, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm like eager to see who the participants will be in the other events, honestly. Like, I, I got to see the, the Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon showdown in the dunk contest, which I, I, I will say is the best dunk contest in NBA history. And uh, the, so my bar is set pretty high. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have no idea what they're going to do and who, who's going to be involved in any of this stuff. But... Uh, but yeah, I, I will be there, and uh, I hope the All Star Game is like actually competitive and fun, like it was last year. Um, and the only other thing I guess I would add is that like this is all bullshit, and we shouldn't have to pick East and West anyway. <laughs> like we should be able to just well take said. the best twenty four players, and it shouldn't matter because we're not watching an East versus West All Star Game. But it's like yep. a very obvious point that is not original uh, in in any way because like everybody is saying this now, but like. Isn't it stupid? Like yeah. we're we're not watching East versus West. What the what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. Like li- listen to the time we had deciding on who who to leave out on the West because there's so many good players, and in the East again, we're just like oh, I don't know. You know, the guys that we put on the bench in the East don't even come close to the to the numbers, just raw numbers that the guys in the West have. And it's like, why? Yeah, why are we doing this? There's no more East and West. Why don't you just pick the top best twenty? three, four, two players, however many it is. The best 22 players, 24 players, I forget. I don't know. It's kind of silly. I mean, I do like it in one respect because if we did just do the top players, we wouldn't get three Sixers in the All-Star game. So I'm just going to go with No, it. you wouldn't. Also, you know, another team. Might just get one. Yeah, exactly. It would probably just be Embiid. The, the other thing is, like, we didn't even talk about Boston. I mean, Kyrie made it. What do you want to talk about? Like, well, Kyrie's been great. And, yeah, like Kyrie's been good. But nobody else on that team, right? Horford's not making it in this year. Wasn't even mentioned. Uh, he's having a really down year. But, like, none of the other guys on that team are – I mean, they they haven't played up to expectations for sure. But it's just – you would have thought – like, I would have thought going into the season they'd have at least two All-Stars. And no. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought Horford would have gotten back there. Uh, but he just hasn't quite been himself. I, I think he's had moments. And, like, I – I do believe, like the end of the season, like we're. I think it would be a mistake to not expect that we would see the Al Horford of old. Uh, sure. But just consistently from the beginning of the year to now, like he just. I mean, there was a, a chunk of time that he was out of the lineup. Um, it's just, it's just, yeah. Like uh, this isn't about like just reputation, right? Like, and even if it was. Like the Celtics haven't been the like dominant team that we expected them to be, 
So it's not like you just pluck the the biggest names from that and like throw them in there. So right. Yeah, I I, I guess looking back, like I thought the Celtics were going to be way better than they have been. Uh, they're amazing point differential notwithstanding i think we can all agree they've been like pretty disappointing and weird uh but you know they've won what their last four or five games uh yeah they're they're probably like you know i i would bet on them probably winding up with home court advantage in the east before the season is done like i know they're like fifth right now i wouldn't Um, disagree let me let me let me ask you about one more thing before i let you go not not all-star related what do you think about Kyrie's comments about calling LeBron James and apologizing for not, you know, not taking LeBron James advice when he was in, in Cleveland I, and forcing I, his way out? How do you feel about that? I, I didn't, I didn't like any of it. Nope. <laughs> Me neither. I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> Dude, I thought it was so freaking disingenuous and so full of shit. I'm like. Did anybody really buy this? Like Kyrie, shut up, dude. Just just shut up. I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna say shut up. Like you can keep talking and like yeah, you know, of keep course. getting these like weird ass like long quotes <laughs> that the poor Celtics beat writers have to transcribe after every media availability. Like you, like But it's I don't just know. it's just it, it so felt the timing of it was weird because like it made it about him. Yeah, exactly. But then it was also sort of like it was like him partially owning up to like what to like being immature before but it was also then taking another shot at his teammates when exactly he had like previously said that he wasn't going to do that anymore and it's it's like if if you don't understand how that can be interpreted that way then like i I don't know what you're doing like yeah and it's, you know, the other thing is like he he wants so badly to control the narrative about how we view him in the public like his he wants to shape the the public opinion of himself i'm like you know we're the public. Let us shape our opinion of you. Stop, stop saying these self-serving things and like throwing your teammates under the bus. And like the idea that he called LeBron James to apologize. It's just, it, yeah, God, it's, I did not feel any of it was sincere. I, I really felt like, you know, by doing that, he's also saying like his, his teammates are a bunch of knuckleheads. I don't think anybody on that team really likes him. It's just, ah, God, it annoyed me. Sorry. I don't know. That, I think players generally like him. I think players like respect the hell out of him. Like he's, I think in terms of like what he can do with the ball in his hands, well, like for sure. I think every NBA player wants to do that. And so few can, and to see what he can do even against the best defenders in the world, like people, like people like idolize him. Like they, they there's a reason like why people are always saying like, oh, player X would like to team up with Kyrie and wherever. Like, I know he said he's going back to the Celtics now, so that kind of stopped it. But like, a lot of guys would love to play with Kyrie. And I, I think a lot of guys really, really respect just the the pure skill that he's had and the, the, the moments that he's had in the playoffs and, and all of that stuff. I think there are a lot of Kyrie fans in the NBA. I do wonder, though, like, I don't know, like, take a guy like Jalen Brown. Like, yeah, he's like 20. But, like, he's obviously, like, an extremely smart guy and a well-rounded person. Yeah. And I and as much as he might look up to Kyrie, the basketball player, like, I really wonder what he's thinking when he's looking at these comments that Kyrie is making, um, basically blaming the young players for the problems that, that the team has had and acting like, oh, Kyrie, the, like, 26-year-old, like, sage veteran yeah. has to show them the way. Yeah. And it's like... Well, I mean, it's not like Kyrie was the best player on those teams that that made it to the finals. It's not like he was the guy that was like keeping guys engaged and motivated. Like, it, it, it's not like 
he has really led a team ever before right until now and i didn't expect him to like like frankly like i didn't expect him to be the leader of this team like al horford to me was always the leader of of the Celtics and he doesn't have to go out in the media and like talk about how it's his responsibility to do this and do that and show these guys the way he just quietly like sets an example for people and is a good teammate and takes younger guys out for dinner and all that stuff like yeah. that's just like who Al Horford is and um there's just there's just very obviously a performative aspect to like the way in which Kyrie presents himself and the comments that he he makes and the timing of those comments and like those particular ones that you bring up, like, no, like they, they did not sit particularly well with me. And I think if I was covering him on a daily basis, like he would kind of drive me crazy. But at the same time, like you get to watch him every night and you get to watch him do some like really special things in the court. So that like, that's the trade off is like you also like you have to write about it every time he says something. Um, but then like, I mean, if there are still few players that can take over a game the, the, the way that he can. Sure. Nobody's questioning his talent. I mean, he's, he's so supremely talented. But if you're a beat writer, you probably obviously love him because he gives you so much to write about. It's never a dull moment. Um, but you also have to, like, interpret some like some of the stuff. If you just, like, read the pair, it's like it's just like almost babbling. It's like, yeah, what, like, it's, what is he actually trying to say? Like, it's listening. It's like listening to Trump. Uh, it's not that bad. That's terrible. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a little far. Um, I don't know. You know, the funny thing about it too, is like Kyrie actually had me back on his side when he came out and was like, you know, I was just kidding about the flat earth thing. I was like, all right, cool. I can respect that. You were just dicking around. Like, I wish you had, no, he done was it. not fucking kidding. There's, I know there's, he wasn't kidding. People got absolutely to no way he was kidding. Yeah. But like, he took it back. He's like, I'm sorry. He apologized for it. And then he went and did this. And I'm like, dude, can can you just stop? Can you just stop? Really? Like, you're your own worst he, enemy. He has, already, he has already pledged to stop. Like, he has already said, I will not be blaming my teammates anymore. I will and not be criticized. And then he turned around and did it right away. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. backhandedly. So, I don't know. I'm, God, it's fine. It's whatever. It makes the league more exciting. James, why don't you plug yourself and your stuff and whatever you're up to these days, and I will let you go. Uh, uh, I, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, uh, my stuff can be found at the NBA section at cbssports.com. Um, I write a weekly column called that's pretty interesting. And, uh, I've had some features go up recently. Uh, I went to Toronto the other week, my hometown and, uh, wrote a kind of weird feature where I didn't talk a whole lot about their best players, but instead focused on Danny green and Nick nurse, uh, and the last edition of that's pretty interesting. I focused on uh, Marcus Morris, who we didn't mention in our All Star discussion, but was actually like a fringe candidate that I that I had on my list because he has just had a, like an unbelievable season uh, and has been like aside from Kyrie, like the one like consistent steady thing that they've had going all year long while everything else has been in disarray. Nice. Do you want to? And your your Twitter is outside the NBA, right? Yeah, I, I, I guess I forgot to plug that. It's a, I tweet like <laughs> dumb stuff all the time. I don't know, but yeah. I like is, it. I enjoy your tweets. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, man. I'm, I'm right. really into Instagram stories now. Are you really? I, like, I I'm all about it. I can't. I can't figure out Instagram. I just. I just don't have the. I don't have the bandwidth to do all of these things. I barely That's do Twitter. What, everybody says that, and then they they get they get hooked on it. I was on Instagram, but I wasn't doing the stories, and then. I did a couple of them, and now I'm just doing them constantly. So. All right. So what's your what's your Instagram handle? So we can it's all. It's the same follow? as Twitter. Outside the All right. I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna follow you right now.
I'm going to pause this thing. James Herbert, everybody. Go check him out outside the NBA. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.